Hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Mental Threats Podcast, episode 128. I am here with Miss Jamie. Is she like to say something? Hi, how are you? <laughs> yes, she's, I guess we're all very well. Um, but uh, yeah, we're out here at Kilbourne Park uh, getting this uh, situated. I actually uh, found Miss Jamie off uh, the Nextdoor app and everything. I don't know, was it like my, the first port post I had without the pictures and everything? Or was it the second post I had? I think it was the first. The first? Okay, cool. Sorry it took a while to like respond back and everything. It's just like I had this, like, you know, life was happening and everything. But it's, I didn't expect uh, Nextdoor to really hop on as heavy as y'all did. So it's just oh, like, you know. People always want to talk about themselves. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I oh, guess yeah. maybe in a sense. Yeah. Um, I have to really uh, dwell back and see if there's anybody else that's definitely interested and whatnot. Um, um, from what you told me, you said that you're like a Iraq veteran. Yes. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. 2012, I got back. Okay, 2012, she came back. Uh, we'll go into s- situations like that. And you're a medium also. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually, I'm just coming out of the closet. I call it the psychic closet. The psychic closet and yeah. everything, which is really exhilarating on my end and everything. Because it's like, actually, uh, uh, my grandfather passed way back in May. So I didn't. So I guess maybe you're just, I guess the universe just got us together. So I want to be able to con- get in uh, contact with him. If, the, if there's a chance, he could probably help with that. Absolutely. For your charge? Absolutely. Yeah. Great. I would do that, of course. <laughs> thank you, thank I need you, thank to, you. I need, you would be like a, because I'm just starting out with taking clients, um, getting outside of the practice circles. Mm-hmm. So I need someone that I'm doing free of charge. Does that make sense? Like, okay. yeah, maybe a review or something if it goes well. All right, cool. No problem. I don't know if I want to put that on the podcast because I feel that's kind and of that's private. Okay. So like, yeah, yeah. And that's I, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe afterwards. For, I, I think my day is pretty open, I guess. I might have to go and, like, uh, do some other things. But, yeah, definitely. We could probably see if we can get something to do. Do we have to go straight to his grave to get that situation? No, we will meet in a private setting. So um, I don't really have an office right now. We can do it through Zoom. Okay. Or I can can come to your home you oh. know it would be somewhere where you're relaxed okay but happy so okay. you know probably a gravesite wouldn't be okay. <laughs> we could do it there though all right uh, maybe maybe but they're not there okay. like that's just their body okay cool all right yeah that is true I, I don't know. okay so i definitely maybe zoom might be the best yeah okay well, we'll see what, what zoom has in store for us um but it's like anyway back on you because like this is the mentor of the podcast is uh mostly focused on the people and everything of that nature um you're not originally from charlotte are you well i was born in kentucky oh, okay. but we moved here when i was two And so a lot of people probably don't know Jim and Tammy Faye Baker were these big TV evangelists. Mm -hmm. My parents gave all their money to them Mm -hmm. to to have a new life. Mm -hmm. And they were promised a place to live. Mm -hmm. And then we were actually put in tents. And they had all their money taken. So that was how I got here. And I was two years old. (laughs) Oh, okay. So your family was in tents and everything? or. Yeah, they so that was a big scandal, mm. and I think even Jim Baker went to prison. Oh. And Tammy Faye, she's she's really famous. She's passed away, but they don't really talk a lot about what they did to people that moved there. Mm-hmm. It's they had a place in Fort Mill mm. called um I can't remember the name of it, but they basically had people living in tents. Oh. It was like tent city oh. and campgrounds and stuff, and so. I think like they were taking people's money and saying, we'll give you a place to live um, if you follow us, basically religion and uh, stuff. And so my parent parents really, my mom really believed in that. And my mm, dad supported it. And mm, 
it kind of it got us out of Kentucky, I will say. So I'm glad I grew up here. Oh, okay. But I think for them, it it was pretty devastating. Okay, so they're basically just BSing you about like really wanted to get you like actual place to live, and they did it through like a religious means. That's basically what their scam was. Join our church, we'll get you a place to live, and then they don't give you a place to live. Yeah, in the '80s, TV evangelism was like really big, and I think it's probably big now. But I mean, I don't really pay attention to it, so I'm not aware of it. But yeah, it was a big thing. Like, you know, give us money, we'll pray for you. I'm. Sh- I think there's still a few of them there, but yeah, get. It was just they were asking for money and they were in debt. And I think Jim Baker went to prison for fraud. He's still an evangelist, so he's moved to Florida. He's gotten out of prison and moved to Florida now. Wow, that is crazy that people use like, I mean, that's not really surprising and whatnot. But knowing in those times, because this is like in the 80s, correct? Yeah. And like if you think like people were probably like my parents, Mm. they were struggling and there's a lot of, you know, you have to really look into someone's history of why they make choices, mm-hmm. you know, trauma, all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. um, family dysfunction. And so it, it's like me and you, like I would obviously not give my money, you know, to a TV evangelist, but, you know, someone may not. I'll get that later. Okay. But, you know, you have to really go into why people make decisions, mm. what got them there. And it's usually to start a new life, to have something better, mm. um, things like that. So, mm. yeah, and they took advantage of that. Okay. Yeah, that's very bad that people used to take advantage of people like that. I know it's like around that same time. I don't know if it was in the 70s or whatnot. I know you heard about, uh, was it David Koresh or whatever? Or just, yeah, was it David Koresh that had people um, that take – that took people um, to that island and uh, poisoned them with the cyanide Kool-Aid or was that somebody else? I don't, oh, know. I don't know. I think I'm getting them mixed up, actually. Yeah, I don't think that's his name, but I know who you're talking about. That was like a cult. Yeah, that yeah. was a cult. Yeah, a yeah. weird cult. Ooh. Very, very real cult. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people died. yeah, no, seriously, like a <laughs> whole mass lot of people passed away. It's like, man, it's just crazy. I was like, people take advantage of people who are maybe spiritually out of sync or maybe down on their luck and probably seeking guidance and everything. But it's crazy how there are people out there who are like followers in a sense. It's like, you know, at some point you got to like think of an individual. So, you know, like not in a sense that you got to be skeptical about everything, but usually like if something kind of sounds a little bit off and everything, like, you know, like, oh, let's just drink this Kool-Aid and will be up on the sky or whatever and it's like um i don't i don't know it's just like being like persuaded into that direction i know it's probably like i'm not trying to just break it down and everything because everybody has their own perspective and what reason why they joined this this situation or whatever um but it's just like it's just sad how it's like you know like how people are just so i can't seem to just stand on their own when it comes to just like you don't have to be a part of something to be like valued basically what i'm saying i think with that guy on the island or it was in south america i think once they got there, they were like threatened with their lives, mm-hmm. which they ultimately gave anyway. But um, yeah, it's just, it still happens today. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff. Yeah. It just still happens. Yeah, people get caught up in cults, man. I need to look up, because I know like on Reddit, they like have like stories about things like that, you know, from all types of people. So I'm going to see, I'm going to check out what the Reddit situation is. And, you know, it's like, really? Because I'd be so interested, not just like on like, on the calls and stuff, but just like hearing from other people's perspective. That's why I always have like the whole mental thoughts podcast just to hear from other people's yeah. perspective on thing and whatnot. But uh, back to you, but in regards to your parents, like, was it really like a struggle to bounce back from that? Because, you know, going from like a tent to actually finding a home, finding a job, 
job and then finding a place in a whole other town. Because from, from what I'm understanding, like, since you were born in Kentucky, they had roots in Kentucky, correct? Yes. And then, you know, um, I think my dad came from a pretty okay family, but um, he struggled with alcoholism. Mm. And then um, my mom had a really terrible family, like mm. – the abuse was horrific. Mm. And so she also struggles with mental illness mm. and um, uh, alcoholism and stuff like that. And so, you know, it, they're probably not making the best decisions. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, Having uh, two parents that uh, have alcoholism, I know that wasn't easy and everything on your end and everything. Well, when I was born, um, they had met in AA, or I don't know if I should say that, but they, um, since it's anonymous or autonomous, but um, they met there and they, my, so my parents were sober technically when I was born. Oh, okay. So I didn't see that part. Oh, okay. So they got their lives better, like before you were born, basically. In that way. Now, my mom still had issues, but I didn't really notice it because my dad was such a big part of my life, mm. you know, but he passed away when I, on my ninth birthday. Oh. And that changed stuff. Oh, man, that's it really sucks. And yeah. I feel like maybe that's why you're so spiritually in tune, because I feel like people who are the most spiritually in tune are usually people that go through, like, the most struggle in life. So, so yeah. Like, you know, it's like I know for a second that maybe I might have a whole lot of spiritual and intuitivity and what is it, is it intuitivity intuitiveness in, intuitiveness intuitiveness yeah. that's yeah. the word yeah to an extent um because even like checking back on my grandfather's uh passing away i i had deja vu throughout the whole situation from the day he passed from the day we're looking at through his cemetery and everything um trying to pick out a cemetery it was like like i was little deja vu like i was living this like how many times i lived this life cycle but also from the day of his funeral, from the day we saw his of his uh, dead uh, body for the first, second, and third time, and just just in general, man, it was just it was such like a it was sad, but it was like in the sense it was like a whole lot of question marks in my head, like why does this feel like I'm going through this again? You know, like it felt like a dream, like I might have foreseen this as a degree, like it felt like a dream. You know, you're living your dreams in reality, basically. I mean, that's amazing to yeah. hear because I. Even if we're not aware of it or we're completely materialistic, and I don't mean like so much collecting things, but a materialistic mindset, like against, like not thinking spiritually, mm -hmm. um, everyone is a spirit being. Mm -hmm. So, yes, mm -hmm. like everyone can be intuitive and things like that and so I, I think that's some big stuff you're experiencing oh yeah no see there's been a whole lot of my life event, events that I've actually foreseen and happened I know from the day I graduated college and everything uh for me just hugging my aunt and my mom I know I remember I that that was just a deja vu moment um and I what was some other deja vu moments um, there was a couple here and there. I can't remember off the top of my head because like, then I had to look back and try to think back about my memories and everything. Which one was a deja vu moment, which wasn't. But it's like, you know, it just be time to time when stuff happens where it's like, okay, this was like a deja vu moment. Like, I, I think I, I think I might, this might have happened like before or something like this. You know, something like that. You ever heard say? Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, I, I'm always uh, interested in the spiritual and intuitiveness of things uh, in general. So that's why I, like, I always go to like, you know, uh, tarot card readers and everything. I'm thinking about going to this one tarot card reader in December before the year starts and everything. Although, yeah, I go to church every week to like pray. And that's been helping me with my life uh, in general. And it's just, you know, it's just it's just something that it's like I feel like that really, really got 
me interested because I had a condition that I'm still trying to work through. And I've had it since I was 18. Now I'm 24. So it's like it's been a long time. And it held me back from doing a whole lot of things I wanted to do. And everything I try to keep like under wraps on a whole lot. I don't really go into explanation of what it is and everything. But I always I'm working hard to reverse it and everything. And it's yeah. been a struggle. So it's like when I go to those tarot card readers, I got that's usually the questions I always ask. And they always give me like positives and like, yeah, you'll get over it. You'll get be fine and everything. You're going to live. One thing about tarot card readers, they always say I'm going to live like up to 80 or 90 years old. Even before, I don't even have to ask. They just tell me. Wow. Which is yeah. crazy, you know, and it kind of makes sense because I got my great grandmother who's still alive in Liberia and she's close to like she's in her 90s right now. So it's like wow. it's just it's just crazy on that end. But uh, anyway, back to you and everything. Um, So it's like the whole transition from like, uh, you know, being here and uh, Charlotte and everything. I know you mentioned like your uh, your father passed away on your ninth birthday. That's so crazy. Like, do you want to feel free to go into details on how that happened? Well, I think that was probably like it if we were like really poor and stuff and struggling i didn't really notice it before that mm-hmm. i think as a child you you're just know. having fun you, you know, know if you things got. are fun you, you know, know you, you don't and um but when he passed that's when like um my mom's illness really came out mm-hmm. and she started having mental breakdowns and i had to go stay with you know fam different families in my class my school class and stuff Mm. like that and um Mm. it was pretty horrific you know just being afraid all the time of i mean the slightest thing would trigger her and she's still here in charlotte but she's even like now she's not speaking to me but when i lived with her you know as a kid she would go sometimes months without speaking to me so every morning i'm like good morning mom you know and she just would ignore me. I, I don't know. Like she was mad at me. So mm. I really grew up like that. And that really got conditioned in me. And so um, now that I'm 41, mm. <laughs> I am trying to reverse that thinking. That's okay. That I, programming. That's okay. I know you can get, you can get that done for sure and everything. Yeah. I feel like you're very strong and everything, even to go to the army and still be like, you know, a functioning human being. Cause people really sleep on like childhood trauma, even with parents and everything, you know, even if they don't mean it sometimes, like they could put you through situations that you really didn't have to go through yeah. and everything. And that could really play into your character over time, sometimes for the positive, sometimes for the negative and everything but there's always like a negative even that comes with the positive even you know it's just like i feel like you know even like you know it's just it's it's great that you mentioned about your mother and everything i'm not trying to compare just my mother because we're we're in pretty good terms right now but it's like growing up i feel like it was very hectic for me um because it was just like you know like my parents did go through divorce you know i don't want to go into detail on why it happens and whatnot but it's like you know i had to really deal with you know my mom's having to i don't want to say antagonize me or anything but in a sense, it was just it was always a sense of like uh, adversarial type of uh, environment around her. Uh, usually, kind of seeing me as kind of like a in a sense, I I became in a sense uh, a lightning rod to all that negative energy from the divorce and everything. As again, imagine going through that, and you're just a child, you're just ten, eleven going like up to like high school and everything where it's just like she had to force me into these schools um which some were okay for a while but then when it, things got worse or i was going through a situation where i was getting like you know bullied which i hate using the term bullied and everything i feel like it makes me like i'm a victim right um, but in a sense i like using the term harass because like that's what it is you know harass <laughs> yeah. you know you're harassed and everything um and it was like always like you know 
on, on something like a battle I couldn't fight or everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, you know, as a black male growing up and everything or going to a predominantly white school, like Valentine Plantation area, which you're pretty familiar with that's that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And everything. So I had to, I was like an inner city kid, you know, parents fresh from divorce, didn't have a whole lot of money. And then now you're putting me in the school with all these overly privileged children. And so a lot of that, I had to be like, you know, victimized to a certain degree, but not in the sense of just like, oh, you just get in a fight side. But then I had to start rumors and all types of stuff. I did this. I did that. I never did anything like that. And it was tough. And I feel like she really could have like supported me. She could have really helped me or really sided with me. And she just never did. And for that on, like, I feel like that kind of like ruined a lot of my connections with women going forward. Because yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like I just couldn't like trust women to that degree or I become too overly trusting of the wrong woman. And then it becomes like, you know, harmful towards me yeah. and it becomes that negative reinforcement over time. So it's like just something I need to really learn to really get better at, you know, and having all my female friends and everything to try to keep them around to try to kind of repair that feminine side of the energy. And also kind of restore the masculine energy, too, because they had to deal with that. And, uh, you know, like uh, me being basically punked out all the time, like by her boyfriend in my own house. Like it's just but trying to keep the peace at the same time, you know, like because I knew like what it was going to hit if I just lash out every time. So that was it. But uh, back um, to you um, and everything. Um, So like in regards to your relationship with your mother, I know it didn't really get better over time, did it? Oh, no. Never did. <laughs> nope. Well, because I, I think, too, like when I look back um, at how I got to the spiritual journey, mm-hmm. um, I see like there's like um, signposts mm-hmm. from from way back when. Like there were just different signs. And I always questioned just things that my, my mom's church taught. I, I never felt connected to it. It was kind of like a um, not Southern Baptist, but evangelical mm-hmm. type of church. And I just, I just didn't believe in that stuff. I didn't think that, mm. you know, I didn't really believe in racism and you're going to go to hell if you have sex before. Like, I didn't understand, like, I, that. I was like, why would God do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, why would, you know, why is that, you know, why are you saying that? That's not mm. nice, you know? And I, as a kid, I would always say that, you know, yeah. and really question it. And it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, but I, there was one preacher that would try to answer my questions and he finally said, you should find, you know, spirituality. And mm-hmm. I said, well, how do I find that? And at this point I was a teenager, mm-hmm. you know, look, reading it about Buddhism and different religions yeah. and um, trying to compare all of them mm-hmm. and uh, trying to figure out which one basically was right. Mm-hmm. And now I just think they're all right. <laughs> In their own type of way. See, would you say yeah, you're kind of like, like an omnius to a certain degree? It's, it's like almost like yeah, there's like, messages and everything. So, yeah. um, but. I believe that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I realize now, okay, that was a signpost when he said find spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew, there was no internet back then. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't have access to it if there was. So there was no Googling spirituality, you know, in the early 90s. So, you know, I thought, well, who who even knows about spirituality? What is that? You know, and it just kind of put that in a place mark, lived out some more of my life Mm -hmm. and then finally got to it. um, Kind of, you know, 
Yeah. In a backwards way, I guess you could say. In a backwards way. I don't feel like that's very backward. I feel like everybody's path is just different. Yeah. You know, and it's just like the crazy thing about even with Christianity, which like they get a lot of flack for now because I do go to church, like uh, to the Baptist church. Uh, I, I feel like the more I went there and the more I prayed and the more things started getting better in my life. Yeah. I don't want to make it seem like some selfish game. Like, oh, I, no. something good has to happen. But it's just like, it was just a way that I feel like I, I feel like you know, if it's God of the universe kind of led me to go through that process of going to that same church. And I feel like it, things just started getting better, like very, very slowly, you know, because this yeah. year especially was very hard for me. Um, so it's just like, you know, Christianity, I feel like uh, on a sense of the community sense, I feel like it kind of ruins it for a lot of people because like uh, the chances are you've had an issue with somebody who was also claimed to be Christian and you're Christian. And yeah. it's like you have this this religion that tells you to treat everybody the way you want to be treated pretty easy like yeah follow the instructions but treat people the way you want to be treated. And i think it's hard for people to do that and i i yeah. just think there's a lot of like interpretations that are just i would say a distortion exactly. so if something is, feels negative then it's i consider that i try to take out the word negative and say it's a distortion mm -hmm. of the truth mm -hmm. and so that's really all it is you yeah. know but i do feel on a humanity scale mm -hmm. you know we're all working out our stuff. Mm -hmm. So some yeah. people just aren't there yet. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. It's always good to be patient with people to that degree. You know, I always try to adopt patience and stuff of that nature. But it's just like, you know, from judging other people for how they live their life and everything, as long as they're not harming anybody, you know, that's not your place. You know, literally, God literally says not to do that. Don't be judged. Don't try to hurt people. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not do. And it's like people do that anyway. And yeah. that's the thing. That's the thing that just turns people off about Christianity because it's, I always feel like people just kind of pick and choose what parts of the Christianity that they want to follow, you know? That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really big into um, the esoteric Christianity. So esoteric meaning like the hidden, the hidden meaning of it. And so I kind of got into that recently, but I, I definitely feel that there was a purpose mm -hmm. for everything mm -hmm. that got created. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if whatever church distorts that message, okay, you know, but it still is on a humanity level, mm -hmm. our path and... Now, it's really easy to get angry at someone that's hating, you know, on someone. And I'm not saying like, oh, we should, you know, love that person that killed that man. You know, we but what how am I reacting basically is what I've been working on. What is my reaction? So if I'm going into hate for that person that's hating someone else, then that's kind of defeating my purpose. Yeah, it's kind of contradictory in a sense. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, well, then maybe there's something about me I need to work on. Mm -hmm. How did that person get to that point? What can we do mm -hmm. to change that? You know, mm -hmm. there's just, yeah, it can be overwhelming sometimes thinking about that. Yeah. Um, it can feel impossible. Yeah. Now, I don't want Christianity to have to go down a path where it's like people just look down at Christianity. Because it feels like, you know, like they kind of hold it like it's like it's like some kind of joke, which is like, you know, as a religion, no religion is a joke, per se. Um, uh, so let me just be selective with my words because you don't know what people believe in and I don't want to be like against right. it. But at the same token, it's just like, you know, I feel like it's just the people at the time because it's just like, you know, there's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus, you know, exemplifies a lot of the behaviors off the show from hurting other people, uh, seeking out other people to harm, telling people what they can't do with their bodies, right. and making laws on stuff like that. In fact, he you know, thought about, yeah. if you read the Beatitudes, like, I try to study, I even studied those in an esoteric way, and it's about, 
our thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not about, it has said nothing about uh-huh. if you have sex with that person, you're going to hell. Like, uh-huh. and I think that's what makes people upset yeah. are those uh-huh. big distortions that yeah. we see blaring on the news. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. that's yeah. makes people angry. Because they use it as a weapon. And that's the problem. You know, it's not a weapon. You know, it's just like if you believe what you believe in, that's fine. Preach what you believe in, that's fine. It's sure if people can, people will be drawn into whatever, you know, yeah. and everything. You know, and then it's just like, you know, but at the same time, and there were religions that preexisted before Christianity. Yeah. And there's going to be religions that are going to come up even after Christianity. They're even going to call it religions and everything. Uh, the fact of the matter, even Hinduism is older than Christianity, which is Absolutely. crazy. I didn't even yeah. know that. I'm like, what? So we have to base on what's right beyond what pre-exists and everything. I guess like Hinduism would be the right one when you think about it. Yeah. I based mean, on that. But it's just like, you even know. with astrology, like it all started from there. And then, um, you know, e- Egypt, all this stuff was really before Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so. the BC area, but it's like, but it is what it is. I'm not. I'm still gonna be like a Christian and everything. Uh, not because it's just like, oh yeah, I have to be a Christian, but because like you know, I feel like I got this led me to a path where it's like it, it pushed me into um, going into the church and praying and everything and reading my Bible. And since I've been doing that, you know, each week gets slowly better. So it's just like, you know, it's just something to commit to and everything, you know, the community as well. Uh, People pray with me and everything if I'm going through something, you know, that's a good community to be a part of, you know. And it's just like, you know, I don't know what it's going to take me or whatever, but I always try to just build a relationship with God regardless or something in the universe, whatever the universe. I think that's the point. Yeah, just build, just, just understand that in this world, you're not the center of everything. Right. But you're just, you just have like a perspective. And in that perspective, it's just like, just take whatever information, live whatever life you got to live, be happy, just live. Right. Live and then don't disturb others. And then that's good. I'll say too, like, um, like maybe here in the U.S. and I grew up like this, like mediums and stuff. Like they were, you know, channeling demons. (laughs) That's why it probably took me so long to get to where I am because. You know, I didn't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. who wants to channel demons <laughs> or be possessed? But, you know, like in Europe, mm-hmm. it's actually very common to go to church. And if someone passes, you know, for them to seek out a medium like that's oh, yeah. so it's different. Yeah. You know, it's just different wherever you live, even in Christianity over there. So yeah, no, it's. Really- you know. It's just different for everyone. Just define in your own way. But it's like I want to get back into focusing on your development because, like, after you know having the issue with your moms and everything, you went and joined the army. Could you describe like what led you into getting into the army and all the things that you faced uh, during that time and yeah. stuff of that nature? Because you know, being in the army, that's some scary stuff. You know, people get PTSD. People just go in the army, then come out. They're not the same. Or they're on drugs or whatever um how was your life before going into the army what led you into the army what was life during the army how was life after the army basically what I'm saying. well you know i was living with my mom and um even for like even when i was 13 i went and lived with my sister um to kind of get away from my mom and that ended up being a, another bad situation with her husband who was very abusive verbally mentally and sexually um even with uh, some friends of mine so i d- felt like i didn't really have a voice or that no one would believe me because at the time my sisters are like 10 years older than me and then i have another set that's 10 years so i was like the baby and you know, you're kind of afraid you're going to lose that your family if you say something or that mm-hmm. people wouldn't believe you. 
So I ended up, the better choice was actually to um, go back with my mom. <laughs> I'd rather have someone ignore me than be a, abusing. And uh, I did start experimenting with like alcohol, smoking cigarettes, things like that during that time. Um, I found a lot of peace like in music. Okay. So music was really big. And I think what was big back then, all the things that you mentioned, yeah. but everything that was big grunge rock you know rap all that stuff you had a very good decade very influential decade it was really amazing and then there were raves and that was like a place where you could just be yourself and everyone was so nice i mean i remember losing my car keys at like two different raves and someone randomly found them and said are you the girl looking for your keys you know and so i really just tried to find where I belonged. Mm -hmm. Um, but things were hard, you know, I mean, I didn't have any like financial knowledge. I didn't know how to go to school. Like mm -hmm. I barely went to school. I think I probably had depression, you mm -hmm. know? So, um, it was tough in that aspect. And I really tried to work. I always worked since I was 16 and it was just hard. I mean, I really struggled in my early twenties living with roommates and then not living with roommates and then living with roommates, just not in good situations. If your car breaks down, how are you going to pay for it? Just mm -hmm. a lot. So I, I actually wanted to join the air force and I didn't mm -hmm. because of a guy. Mm -hmm. And then he broke up with me. <laughs> so I was like, well, I need to join something cause I need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. And instead I joined the national guard, which mm -hmm. you don't leave your state, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, it's like you join the army, you see the world, you join the guard, you see your state. So I fell into an abusive relationship in that, but it was scary. Like I didn't realize you would, I would be different when I got out. Mm -hmm. I did also want nine 11 had just happened. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I don't have any kids or anything. I should probably do something with my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know I just didn't have any kind of meaning. Like there was no, I didn't know anything back then. Um, Typical being in your 20s. I said, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm 24. I swear it's like the weirdest time because you're, you're, I feel like you're still like, you're still trying to figure things out for life are. and everything. And it's just like, I feel like it was a little bit easier for previous generation, in my opinion, because it's like, you know, like rent was down, gas price was a little bit more manageable back then. Now it's like everything's so expensive now. You need to get like a certain degree or something like to actually get, be actually competitive. Even when you do, it's still pretty hard to get a job in your field if you don't have the right connections, which I'm trying to work with now to get with the internship program and everything. On top of that, then I have to work, which means I barely have to sleep. And then I have to try to do this podcast situation. Yeah. You know, it's just like, but it's just, you know. I feel like the 20s are in your life are still like the most important time of your life because it's like really like, you know, like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, they'll be having all oh, they've been in high school or whatever. And like, those are bullshit for me. But it's just like, I feel like your 20s, it's like, that's really like the make you or break you decade. Because if you can really get through your 20s, like alive, <laughs> really, and still like not gone completely insane or completely changed like yourself. <laughs> You know, like, you know, it's just like, you know, in a sense, you're kind of like, that's that's black belt to life. Because, like, after that, everything, I feel like everything just gets easier and in your 30s. Because I feel like you get it figured, and it's probably not, in your opinion. It's harder in a different way. It's harder. <laughs> well, a lot of people, if they're not, like, sometimes people's path gets harder. And this is from a spiritual aspect. gets harder in their 30s mm -hmm. because they might not be on their path. And so the spiritual world will, like, help us. They'll nudge us. And so... 
if you think about when Christ died, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was 33. Yeah. So that was a whole lot of bad stuff that, you know, he was going through and yeah. that life, but there's like really an esoteric meaning for that. So mm-hmm. I would say, but no, your twenties are rough in the sense it is. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I, I thought about this the other day where I'm kind of glad I'm not 20 now. Mm. It, Cause it is, and it was hard then, mm-hmm. you know, I was really struggling, but I don't know if I, if the amount like you make, mm-hmm. it was a big jump to mm-hmm. paying rent, but I don't know if it's the same as it is now. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like it's way more of a jump. You would be lucky if you found an apartment that you had to pay a thousand for a month. That's I mean, how hard. <laughs> I think the most I ever paid for for an apartment was seven twenty, ever, and that was, and it was. I always tried to keep it around five hundred, six fifty five. Even my mortgage mm-hmm. is not that. Yeah, dude, that's that's a miracle. Cause that's why I'll be looking for like apartments and everything. I'm like, you know, let me just stick with my mom just a little bit. Yeah. Just to get things together and everything. You know, it's like I feel like I'm in a pretty good space where it's like uh, once again the whole internship program, you know, so far it's like everything's going pretty well. I got all my documents situated. They've said I can be able to be on board. Oh, I gotta wait until get everything together before the twelve, so I still got time for sure on that end. And uh, but then it's just like, you know, this could really be something that could hook me up with like Wells Fargo or Bank of America and stuff of that nature. Really good corporate jobs in my field. Um, So it's just like, you know, it's it's like it's crazy how things because like in earlier this year for me, it was like complete opposite. You know, it's just like my license was suspended. Couldn't go to live in D.C. like I wanted to. But then I had like three jobs set for me right there. Couldn't even go yeah. and everything. And then it's just like, you know, I had no money. I couldn't find a job because I couldn't drive nowhere. I had that issue once. It was so crazy. Your license suspended. Yeah, over two speeding tickets. That I think that, no, mine was because I didn't, my registration was out and I got a ticket for it. And I didn't pay the ticket. Yeah. And I'm like 20 something. I think I was 21 at the time. And they revoked my license. <laughs> Yeah, no, they, they'll do some weird. They, they do stuff like that under the table. So they don't it even is, like, they don't tell you. you. Yeah. Especially in this day and age, I'm like, why don't y'all tell me? Like, I'm literally like a phone call away. Like, it's like, no, yeah. you can go through a checkpoint and find out that way. <laughs> That's how I found out. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. I'm about to go to the DMV this Friday. So, like, in my new paycheck and everything for this month, and I'm just like, because it's like, you don't know how much you're going to spend at the DMV. I'd be thinking I'm going to spend like $30, $50. Like, you know, yeah. they say the lawn is going to be $120 just to reinstate my license and everything. But then I, I don't gonna know. It's going to be something else. It's going to be something else. Well, it's to file that, there might be like a $50 fee or something crazy. It'll or, end up being or like. Or be like, oh, yeah, well, you drove like at this like one. You parked in this one place like months ago and you didn't pay the fee or whatever. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It's, yeah, your 20s are rough. I, you're going to get through it, though. 20s are weird, but I, I feel like I have a lot of I feel like I have a lot of faith that things are going to change very, yeah. very soon. You know, this podcast thing, I want to get back into doing music because I do music um, and everything. Um, I dropped my mixtape last year in April. So it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about hooking up with some people and everything, drop even more music next year because I didn't drop any music so far this year, yeah. which is sad because I really wanted to do the whole thing and keep it consistent. But it's like, it's fine. I still have hope that I can still make this music thing work. I'm only 24 and everything. So I still got time and everything. And I don't want to like be like 30, still trying to make it like yeah. happen, you know? So it's like, I'm glad I'm really maturing to that direction. Um, but it's like back to you and like the National Guard and everything. Uh, we left off with like where you said um, you're in this uh, abusive relationship and everything. And like, how, where did that take you? 
some dark places because I was really partying really hard anyway. Um, Your 20s. And drinking a lot, doing a lot of stuff. Um, but when I got to my unit and met this guy um, and coming from a family, I guess, where I just wanted love, mm -hmm. you know, but it's funny how an abuser will um, can really make someone feel like they're, they're the only one that loves you, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, Not and they can, and they isolate. Yeah, they isolate you. I don't even think that was a word back then, mm -hmm. you know, like um, and and I was really trapped in that. Um, very abusive. I was drinking heavily. Of course, he was buying a lot of alcohol, bringing it home. Like if I would try to stop, he would bring home a gallon of vodka. And mm -hmm. of course, like if you're trying to stop, it's really hard to stop. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know when I crossed the line to alcoholism, but I think I did at some point. Um, and it just, it ju I just really struggled. It was really, really dark. And there were some instances where he showed out um, in front of some other service members at nights we were partying and they didn't do anything, mm. you know? And then I remember like I had someone talk to me about my alcoholism mm -hmm. or my drinking. They didn't say alcoholism back then. Um, they said I was drinking too much. And I said, well, and I had just finished this class, this EO equal opportunity class within the army and got the certification so that I could help, you know, find discrimination, things like that. Um, cause I'm just passionate about everyone being treated fairly. Mm -hmm. Um, and even back then, like I know so much more now about that, like, but also with harassment, sexual harassment, things like that. But um, this the te the woman that taught it was the one that pulled me to the side. And I said, you know what? I'm really – this person is really abusing me. Mm -hmm. And everything that – of course, he recorded everything I did mm -hmm. in a fight. So I looked like the crazy one. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy, like how mm -hmm. things get turned around on yeah, no. the victim. That's like real. And I – Narcissism, they, they know what they're doing, bro. Like, it's scary, bro. Like, they have, like, a whole plan and that's just for you and how to, like, attack your character, how to, like, isolate you. That's all it's about. They try to do all the means that, that really that, that gets them off of your own suffering. It's crazy. You don't even have to be in a relationship to be here. Like, no, you don't, because I left him a few times, and then I finally left him um, after five years. He deployed mm -hmm. before me, and so I was like, I ended up taking a job down at Fort brag and this was a great job i was working as a civilian but doing my job that i did in the military it was good money and um you know he would drive down to fort bragg and just randomly show up quite a bit mm -hmm. and bring flowers say how much he loved me and stuff but he didn't mean it that's bad he didn't mean it, you know, and he was always cheating on me and stuff. But, yeah, it's just I'm pretty sure he could be a narcissist. Like, I'm not a doctor, but, Actually, you know. Yeah, a psychologist, what you mean. Yeah, or psychologist. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was tough. And then I deployed. That's a whole nother story about getting deployed because my unit – they didn't have a slot for me, and, and the guard, you have to have slots. Anytime you – the soldier has to have a pay slot. They didn't have that, but when they were – but I did all the training, mm -hmm. and then when they got there, they called me and said, we need you because mm -hmm. um, I had the experience because I was doing it full time. Mm -hmm. And so 
I was all ready to go, you know, and it took a long time to get my actual orders to go overseas. And that was a big mess. I, re- I remember like reporting that sergeant and he gaslit me. And I mean, it's just, a, it, I'm telling you, there's like, there's like a, he said, she said, and a big brother system yeah. within these, yeah. these entities, yeah. you know, I'm not saying everybody experiences that, but boy, I sure saw it, you know, like yeah. someone's going to cover themselves up rather than admit Hey, I made a mistake because yeah. it cost me a lot of money and a, yeah. and a lot of drama. But I finally made it over there. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that just comes with being like, like an empath or spiritual in general, because it's like you always come across these narcissistic entities and everything. But if they if you hear from like a third person percent, they say like, like, oh, yeah, you're just like being a victim or something like that. And it's like, no, yeah. it's not true. There are people like that who literally, literally lie to you to your face over things that there's no business lying to you about. They have people in this world that are literally like, you know, have no business in like vowing you as like an individual and just want to exploit you. And then when they can't exploit you no more, they try to try to destroy your character yes. all types of ways. They exist. That's what narcissism is. I just is. had an experience buying um, some appliances <laughs> through Facebook Marketplace. Like it literally happened to me again, except now I am strong enough to like file the police report. Okay. Well, they're telling me I have to go to civil. Well, I'm strong enough to actually do that. You know, like back yeah. then I wasn't sh- strong enough to do that. I was scared. Yeah. But it's like at the same time, you're a female. So it's just like you can, when you file a police report or you take due to take people to court, do things like, like the, like the law wants you to do. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're taking responsibility. It'll be seen as like a positive. Or it's like, I feel like as a man, if like you do that, oh, I'm going to call the police or I'm going to file a police report or a moment, like you're seeing as like a punk, like you're a loser. Like, why would you even do that? And I feel that's what leads people to like, especially men who might be empath, uh, to be drawn out of character, to lash out of other people and then be like, oh, he did this, this, and that. And that's how they start losing their freedom and everything. So it's just well, like, you know, just using the dynamic. I'm not trying to say what you're better, but. No, and yeah. I can see that. But, you know, if you see it and even in TV, like the woman that came forth about that supreme court justice nominee and she just got i mean run through the mud you know and you have other women that will say they don't believe her and i'm like what is going on here are we just in the twilight zone like someone is saying they were you know sexually assaulted and drunk and drinking and everything in college and they actually like it was like 15 minutes what what was that dude that like lay down with that girl next to a trash can she was drunk what he said uh, it was like 15 minutes of fun his father said it was 15 minutes of fun and everything i'm like y'all really want to keep y'all kids out of jail but y'all never want to teach them to keep the hands to themselves i know it's like really like people not facing reality or like their truth it's like just total denial i don't know what it is but i mean and i i'm sure maybe i suffered from that it just mm-hmm. wasn't as extreme but yeah i don't know yeah one thing i noticed and i tell myself every day it's just like the strong the bravest people are the people that have to overcome adversity and keep have the courage to keep going whatever form that come the coward does the absolute most to do all sorts of nonsensical things and then they never have to face responsibility yeah uh, and then they just learn to get away with it but some way somehow some way the universe repays them well if it be through their children whether it be through like difficulties in their life but whatever it is it's our job as the empath to just spread love and positivity and then connect with others and that's it you know any nothing more nothing less and then try to stay on our path and that's yeah. it you know like as hard as it's gonna be but it's, well and you know we have to uh, 
what shadow work is is looking at your dark stuff yeah. your shadow and admitting to it or even loving it accepting it but when you refuse to see it which mm -hmm. is what you know we see like people defending their bad behavior yeah. that's refusing to look at it and it gets bigger it actually just takes over and yeah. so that's kind of like what shadow work does is like okay. when we when i can acknowledge oh maybe i was wrong about that you yeah. know then it actually doesn't take over me yeah no really no it's really good to do that due diligence to really build on yourself as an individual like seriously like you know i feel that just comes with being an empath too it's like we're constant we're, we're guilty about things we didn't even do wrong oh like, yeah that's, I would that agree with that's that. just like, just like yeah. even, even if it's we have no control of the people's emotions how they feel about whatever we have no control over that right but it always feels like we have control like we could do something about it well we can't we can't do that that's your own responsibility to manage your own emotions just like we are too and it's just like it's just it's weird how it's just like this generation kind of pushes to that direct not even this generation yeah but how this world kind of pushed into that direction where it's kind of ran by narcissists and it's just like you know it kind of bleeds into almost every part of society to a degree they're willing to follow behind the narcissist they see narcissism as being strong or courageous or confident and it's not it's like a literal mental illness and a spiritual distortion. it is a mental illness they can't help it yeah it's a mental illness and a spiritual uh, distortion yeah it is only going to lead to dysfunction and everything yeah um but back to your situation with the whole army situation so you were basically uh deployed you already had a job and everything this first just kept coming in and out of your life and where yep. did that take it to um so by the time i was in iraq like he, he was still in my life very much i mean he even helped store my car and stuff but when i um but i wasn't with him in a relationship and so i already knew he was cheating on me and stuff and actually the girl he was cheating on me with he's married to now mm -hmm. so anyway it's really who was another service member's wife mm -hmm. so they were both cheating with each other and anyway so um but when i got home that's really when things ended like my family didn't show up to pick me up we got home on christmas day and it was like a big deal to get us home on christmas day like the higher ups really wanted to do that mm -hmm. and so when i told my family they were like oh we're gonna make signs and we're gonna pick you up at the airport and when i got home mm -hmm. they weren't there Dang. my sisters and stuff so i was like wow and guess who was Ooh that guy wow. <laughs> and so it's like well i don't have anywhere to go so he's like well let's get up you know you're exhausted when you come back home from deployment like all you want to do is sleep so we got a hotel actually we went and saw his family got a hotel and then he started like being an asshole like okay. just like calling other girls right in front of me and i said look i don't care who you're with but just be respectful that i'm right here mm -hmm. you know and he got mad and left me there mm -hmm. with my army bag and actually my bags were lost on flight so i only had like my my nap you know your backpack i was in my uniform i mean it was just it was christmas i mean he left me there at that hotel and that was like you know what am i doing with this person you know i ended up calling a friend and we ended up partying for like months straight like just straight up months and um that's when like i knew like he kept trying to come back even when i was couch crashing on this friend's you know house and uh he just kept trying to come back and i was like no i don't want anything to do with you like you left me there that was the last thing you could possibly do to me he had already done other things worse but 
and then I jumped right into another <laughs> another bad relationship. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so that got really ugly too. But um, you know, honestly, it took me a while to really get through that and get over that because you really think you love someone. Mm-hmm. And now I look back, I'm like, man, that wasn't love. Yeah. I don't know what that was. It was I was probably mourning a loss, but you know, ah. yeah. but that got me into really probably being a, drinking to where I could not stop. Dang. You know, how long did it take you to overcome that habit? So I think with me, like that got worse over time, like a long period of time, like probably two decades. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting a really good job in Charlotte. I mean, this was a good company. I, and, um, Boy, I just I just can't started that job as a hot mess because I was in that relationship. It got bad, and then I was leaving it. I I had to go to court because they assaulted me and all kinds of stuff. And I just had a lot of drama, and I just couldn't stop drinking. Of course, I think a lot of that was affecting. But um, I was at that job for five years, and that's when. So all those five years, the drinking was so bad that. I had, like, I basically had enough. And so I, it was a sickness that caused me to seek help. Mm. But it still took, like, a good year. No, one year. Like, it it took a year of me trying Uh to get sober. Mm -hmm. And and I did it. And I did it through a program, a 12-step program that, that is what got me into spirituality. Because I ended up having, like, I felt like I should leave that program. And that's a whole nother story. But, you know, I didn't, because you kind of get told, like, if you leave, you'll drink again, you know. Uh-huh. But that's a whole nother story. Yeah, I don't, and you never got deep with drinking since then, right? Or, oh, no, I've been sober for four years. That's good. That's yeah. really good. No matter how long it takes or how long it's been. It's always good to really leave bad habits alone and everything. You know, I remember like when I got out of high school and everything, it's just like, you know, this like my mom had put me in this high school. It was like very small charter school and I always had issues. You know, people like always put out rumors saying that I hit women and all types of weird stuff, you know, just to get me isolated and it would just make people just always like mad and angry towards me and isolate me for nothing. Ah, And it was just tough, you know, really to live. And it was just, you don't do nothing to nobody, but then it's like, you know, I always try to like laugh at my friends and I wouldn't say I was like the most confident, but I try to be and everything because, you know, if you're be a slave to your insecurities, you won't be able to grow. You can acknowledge that they're there, but then acknowledge that also it's like, well, your flaws are just a part of your beauty overall. And that's just how my philosophy and my mindset to everything when it came to that. But it's like people just have issues with that until they try to twist your image all types of weird ways. Now, all you want to do is just have fun and laugh. But, yeah, when I didn't have friends like that or my friends were kind of fake like that or like that, you know, it's just you end up getting up in these circles and all you do is just just smoke pot and then all that all the time. And that's what I did all the time. I'll barely go to class. Sometimes I'll go to class and I'll do a little bit better, but then some class I would, like, mess up. Yeah. And then it would just went to a point where it's like, you know, this girl, I wouldn't really, really link 
with romantically as I wanted to, um, and everything, uh, due to like, uh, due to like all sorts of situations and everything, uh, where it's like she was just doing whatever with whoever. So people just kind of like try to put it in my face all the time. And it's like, we didn't even in a relationship like that. Yeah. And they would try to use that as a sense of like antagonize me for it. All types of weird stuff. Everybody just people that were absolute, absolute strangers hating on me with people who've hated on me since high school with people who've hated on me since middle school and everything all culminating into one group and everything and it just it got to a point where i was just end up being uh, isolated and, and all and on top of that i had a condition i had to deal with all the way up until i was now to this day since i was 18 <sighs> and, right. it, and it just took so much out of me and away from me um but i just know that in, pro in life like going forward having the courage to move forward is all that matters and everything and that's just my mindset yeah you know and <laughs> Those people were probably going through stuff too and projecting. Yeah. You know, not saying that that's right though. I don't ever want to diminish anyone's pain. Just human to just to humanize them. It just comes with being an empath. You always try to humanize people. You only do. And your it's own. interesting because I never said I was an empath. Yeah. You just said that, but and you've been saying it, but I was like, oh, so he knows. But when I first met you, yeah. my heart chakra was just like. Whoa. You know, so I was like, oh, there's something special about this guy, you know, and so because I am an empath. And yeah. so I felt your heart chakra and stuff like that. And yeah. I just have no pure, like bad intentions. Like I always try to move everything with positivity, even when like I'm in a dark place or I'm going through something. I always try yeah. to touch people's lives as positively as possible. And I always try to listen and I always try to be there as much as I can, you know, because nobody was there for me. So I just can't help it. You know, it's just kind I of mean, part that's of me. like what it's all about. You yeah. take your pain and help someone else. Yeah, no, seriously. It's just, I don't know. I just try to help people as best as I can. Not because I'm some superhero, some angel, but because I just know it's just like the world's a pretty crappy place anyway. Why not make right. it a little better for someone else? But that's like, you know, I think that's what we're supposed to do is help yeah. each other, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's just that's just it. I mean, I don't know what about me. And <laughs> I mean, some people might not see it that way, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, but back to you and everything we've always spoken about, and you on your spiritual journey and everything, and that pretty much led you to really uh, being um like a did that lead you into being a medium or was you yeah. already a medium? Well, it's because so we can go back to the signpost. Like mm -hmm. when my father passed, yeah, he was visiting me in my dreams, oh. and. I just really felt his presence and I was nine years old. And, um, but in the, the type of church, my mom went, what they preached in that Christian church, which is Alex, I'm not blaming Christianity, but this was just that whatever this church taught, it was demonic. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't want any, you know, that can't be real. Mm -hmm. So that can like, you know, kind of block you a little bit, you know, they're like, okay, we'll, we'll leave this for later. Um, but I remember that now. It was about a year into the look. I got real big into this um, twelve step program. I was I was big like into it. I was so into it. It was my life. But about a year into that, I started to feel like that wasn't it. Mm. And um, I didn't know what it was. And so it's funny because the like I feel like your the spiritual world will get your attention even through electronics like. Yeah you know, Google searches and stuff like that. And yeah. it took me about a year, but I was led to this one psychic. Yeah. And finally, cause I was so taught that they channel the demons. Mm -hmm. Why would I, why was, I thought, why am I getting this inspiration? Why does this keep popping up? Mm -hmm. But I finally did it. It took a year. And, um, that is what changed my life. Oh. They were like, 
you have you have this you're here for a reason it basically opened everything up for me Mm -hmm. and so that person started mentoring me and of like he's not mentoring me now I mean I've moved on Mm -hmm. but it I really had to come out of the closet with my in myself not just like in public Mm -hmm. but I had to I mean talk about really it was like fast track healing you know like trusting myself Mm -hmm. trusting what was being given to me you know that this is real you know even though I felt it's real just a lot a lot of healing a lot of healing Mm -hmm. a lot of crying sorry yeah but you know a lot of change too like things that are no longer serving you fall away including Mm -hmm. relationships yeah and so now I'm like in a place where like it's starting to even out and it, it's just interesting because mediumship alone, like I've had some in practices with other mediums, I've had some pretty like life changing messages mm-hmm. that I, that, so I do evidential mediumship mm-hmm. where it's specific pieces of evidence that only like that you would know that it's that person. Okay. So that's what, so that, that way, you know, that life exists beyond the body. Um, and that's kind of tied in with spiritualism, mm. but, um, that I really believe in. And so I had wrote, written a lot of questions over the years in my journal and even just recently. And then I had this practice reading and those questions were being answered. And mm. so I felt this, just this sense of just love, you know, that we're not alone. Yeah. And that there is a reason for everything and every, the, the only true way to know someone is to walk in their shoes. And so if, if you've walked through a lot of trauma, you can really understand someone else in that sense. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I know in church you know, and everything, cause I don't, don't want to be like throw Christianity everybody. I know. I feel but like it's like doing that. I don't mean to do that. I but, promise. But uh, in not. church, literally like this is one point, <laughs> one, one day I went to church and I actually like the sermon and everything that says like, you know, be thankful for your struggle because you know, that's, that's, just, that's, um, that's a hint that you might be one of God's like favorites yeah. because it's just like for you to go through struggle and everything, he must have a lot of faith in you to really go through all that and still like maintain as who you are and still like be the best version of yourself and like be like his, you know, follower, his children and everything is like to go to like the most struggle. Even like Jesus was put on a cross, dude, dude lived the oh, perfect yeah. life and they murdered him in like the worst way. Yeah, dude. But he, was, he was always prosecuted in some way. Like yeah. everyone bashed him. Yeah. He was doing, you know, nobody really liked him except his followers. Which was crazy because dude, all the dude did was like turn water into wine. Dude walked on water to help people. Dude turned the dead he to like healed life. People. He healed people and still there was somebody who was like, you know what? Screw that guy. It's because, and I think there's there's a lot of esoteric reasons for that, mm-hmm. but materialism is a big thing too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even them, like, well, he's making us not make money. Mm-hmm. You know, if people are giving to the church, mm-hmm. we can't have him just throwing, you know, telling us we can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like... I can tell you all kinds of stuff, but it'll, the podcast would be too long, but it's that'd not, be another day. So we, um, have to go, we gotta go to like an hour. I, yeah. I still was gonna hang on for like a good 12 minutes. So. Well, the, this would be way too much above that, but basically, yeah, he was a good person and he, p- 
piss people off, you yeah. know, so. To put it simply. Yeah, to put it simply. People don't like good people. <laughs> like, the better your heart well, they is. They don't want to change. Yeah, they don't want to change. They, I think it's more they don't. If something makes you feel a certain way, yeah. that's anything but good. Yeah. I always think that that's something to look at. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that since I'm saying it, I always do it immediately. Mm-hmm. But I eventually I will get to that that point and I think that's what's really been happening the last few years like if that person cuts me off and I get pissed off Mm -hmm. why you know what is that in there that I'm not seeing you know Mm -hmm. and that's that's a pretty life-changing exercise you can do it with everything the news social media next door yeah next door they (laughs) there's a lot of people in next door that Really get under my skin. <laughs> I, I'm not on next door long enough to, for people to get irritated like that. I'm on next door long enough just to get interviews and everything. So it's yeah. just like, you know, like you're the first interview, first time interview off next door, which is like crazy. I've been meaning to do this for a while, but yeah, I think you're the first one. And I have to think, like, okay, well, why am I getting on something that's upsetting me? Mm-hmm. You know, reading all these comments and stuff, because it, it, if you do that, it's almost like disturbing yeah like you're kind of like you're like sadistic. seeing how people really think <laughs> yeah you're kind of hurting yourself on that end because that's like absolutely you know, that you know it's just i don't know i'm not on it that enough to really know what it is <laughs> to me it's just like facebook but like local facebook when i think about it it is and i'll tell you it's like drama there's so much drama next up social media get on there and just look read through it and you'll see i'll but, probably i'll probably see i don't know i'm just trying to put there to like do it like put Oh, I think that's great what uh, you did, the, though. Yeah, just do the whole interview thing. I've been meaning to do it for a while, and then it's, I try to hop on for it, but then there was a whole lot of things going on in my life. But yeah. now I'm at a place where it's like, now it's going to get really hard to do interviews because like, now like, I have to do like that, and then year one, I mean year up, and then like this, which I'm going to have no time to sleep at all. But it's just like, you know, I'm still trying to give people like, you know, uh, try to use this platform as a place where people can express themselves what they've been through, their background, whether if you're a music artist, an educator, a war veteran like yourself, you're the third war veteran I've even like interviewed and everything. And we didn't even talk all about, you know, the National Guard entirely. We've been talking about all types of stuff. Oh, yeah. So it's like it's more than three dimensional. So it's like, you know, it's just, you know, I just I don't know why this whole podcast thing started off on a vision board. And now it's like. Now I'm like 128 episodes deep now, which is I think like that's great, crazy, crazy. The power of manifestation, the power of energy sourcing into your dreams and stuff, and yeah, it can really help you get a uh, really, really far and everything. So it's just you know I do appreciate you for hopping on and everything. But if we had to get back on to like the whole situation of like you doing a medium work and everything, what was the time where it's like you did medium work and somebody said, "Oh my gosh, ain't no way you would know that," and like they's like, yeah. <sighs> No, you can keep so, them anonymous too. Just like well, so I'm not really reading the public just yet. Okay. Um, and but that's literally about to happen. Okay. Um, but that's been a journey all on its own as well, because different types of mediums do different types of mediumship readings, and so I only found like this spiritualist mediumship. Um, I think in June, mm. and I like that you said like. Once you put this, something on a vision board, it feels like things get in the way mm-hmm. and then more things get in the way when you. And so I think there's like a reason for that, mm-hmm. not to distract you, but to kind of. I think you can ask the spiritual world or God to help me <laughs> for, uh-huh. with that, because that that happens all the time with me. Uh-huh. Like it even happened with, oh, I'm going to sit and I'm going to I've been taking classes mm-hmm. since June with regards to just this type of 
evidential mediumship mm. and I'm really building that. But, um, sitting in circles, practicing with other medium scheduling practices, working out a lot of the kinks and just doing the mechanics, even sometimes wording things mm -hmm. in front of a sitter, you know, cause you want the sitter to be uplifted, you know, and, and healed. It should be healing for someone. Um, and it's good to practice cause you make mistakes, you know, but, um, it, everything got in the way, like you, you name it, it got in the way, even part of my house, is under construction. Like, mm -hmm. it's just like how many things can happen. And I'm trying to really just focus on this, you know, but I'm mm -hmm. still doing it. So if you just make an effort, mm -hmm. it's going to work out for you. Yeah, no, seriously. I feel like that's just everything that you want to do in life. Like, even with Eminem and everything, he became yeah. a rap artist. His whole life was him. getting crazy. But then he, now he just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I recently. love it. This yeah, he's crazy. sober too. Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah, he's been sober for a while, you know, because he did drop the album like relapse and everything. Was it relapse or yeah, recovery? Yeah, things of that nature. So it's like he, that that was a very big part of his life and everything. He still managed to overcome that and still become one of like the greatest artists ever. Like, like arguably the greatest artist. I mean, ever, he is, yeah. In a sense. But it's just like you know, with him being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and everything, and still like it's still going up from there. You know, it's just like it does give me hope and everything that you know I can really turn this music thing into something greater. I can turn this podcast thing, you know, just everything in life, no matter where you're going through. It's like greatness, no matter how humble it might begin, my uh, start from. It, it's it's always assured, like with good hard work, um, determination, and a vision. And I just I just apply that in regards to everything that I do and stuff of that nature. So it's just that's just kind of how I see it to that degree. Um, but everything. Uh, so like, have you had situations where you've ever like did medium work for somebody and it's just like it just went crazy? You haven't really. Well, medium? so the the point is yeah. like for me to bring in evidence that I wouldn't know okay. because it's not me. Um, I am just like basically a channel for spirit to use you know, my voice, my mind, you know, they basically there's like a veil and they have to push through the, all this big giant filter, you know, to get through us. And so there's a lot of work that like I have to do a lot of like shadow work, healing, meditation, you know, building up my own self-confidence, working on my trust, okay. um, that so that they can work through me and bring oh, these messages. So yeah, it shouldn't, it should be things I don't know oh, okay. and that, you know, and you could say that is my grandfather. Oh, okay. So that's kind of how that works. Okay. Um, that is my loved one. Oh, and then, okay. so that's really what it is. The point is to really show that we do live beyond the body. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I definitely want to look deeper into that for sure because I'm interested in all that because I do tarot. I want to do the whole tarot card reading. This one dude, like I swear, like, it was so accurate to what he was saying and everything. Yeah. It was scary. So it's like, you know, I feel like it gives you a sense of assurance that we're all just not in the wind, basically. Like there we're are not. We're just we're actually there. Actually, is a network of uh, spiritualism and another world of things that even that we can't see or explain, but it's very much explained. Um, it can be explained. Um, uh, but it's pretty much there. The present is very there, even if you can't really see it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. I would yeah. think like in the next couple of hundred years, I think science will be on board with like investigating spiritual stuff. Mysticism. Mm -hmm. That might be one hand in hand. Yeah. Like, now, like in Thor, it's basically hand. They're gonna hand. get like get together. Hopefully, that happens because yeah, it's soon. real. Like we should be investigating it. But I mean, I don't want to say should, but look, I never thought I would ever grow up to be a medium mm -hmm. you know because i was raised that they were mm -hmm. you know demon channelers 
and here I am. So I would say never say never. Yeah. I, I promise you everything I've said never to, I've done. Even tattoos, now I have a lot. So Yeah, I definitely want to get a tattoo <laughs> very, very soon and everything. And uh, I'm like, I'll go, you got that tattoo? Cause I know you said it was like, well, that was like the flag of a... Uh, of uh, Blackbeard and stuff of that nature. Yeah, that's the flag of Blackbeard. This is um, actually um, a tattoo that a musician has that oh. passed away. Oh. Um, uh, who might that musician be? Um, Keith Flint. Keith Flint. Okay. Yeah. Um, from the Prodigy. From the Prodigy. That's a rock star. Kind of like, um, like uh, electronic stuff okay. like that. Oh, okay. They're pretty big. Oh yeah, you did go to Raise a lot, so you probably yeah. did for the whole electronic yeah. stuff. Um, he's from the UK. Oh, and right. then um, this is for um, like sexual trauma survivor. Mm -hmm. Then I got some things on my shoulder. And once you get one, you won't stop. Oh, no, I know. I'm just trying to figure out, should I get one like for my birthday or for Christmas or whatever? I'm just starting to get a whole lot of money. Like I get like up to $1,000 like every two weeks now. So it's just not oh, good for a you. whole lot of money, but it's like enough money to really get things situated in my life. So it's like, yeah, yeah. so it's like pretty happy about that. Um, and whatnot. But anyway, uh, since we already pretty much went over the whole hour mark and everything, we pretty much spoke about just about everything for your end. To, uh, let's, do you feel like we pretty much touched about everything? I thought so. Yeah, good. Because <laughs> I don't want I want to give everybody the same respect. Like, Absolutely. Oh, did, did, did she be was she able to express herself enough and everything? No, I knew the conversation would evolve. That and that's yeah. kind of like how I do it. It's like we I can give you like something, but that kind of puts a little bit of pressure i'm like yeah, well i know yeah, the spiritual yeah, world yeah. is just gonna guide the conversation oh yeah so, most definitely yeah definitely leave it, within the it worked out the way i thought it would oh yeah sure i'd love to have you like on the next season of the show and i actually start bringing putting video and everything in. okay so, like, you know, maybe like because i know have you ever been like in a part of like a, a sexual sort like group or whatever or anything of that nature oh yeah i've done all kinds of stuff yeah you can, yeah you can go into detail about that and we could probably focus on that with your next episode like sure maybe, yeah like, this, this is more like an introductory and everything but, and you know yeah. i'll definitely give you a reading when you're ready so oh, okay a reading like a future reading or like a medium reading like mediumship reading yeah okay. and i can well, I'll give you my website. Okay. Not, I got your number in your text. So yeah, I'll, you can look at what I offer. So okay, most definitely. And we can actually do like a reading where I wrap kind of everything into one. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. maybe my brother would like that too. Cause my my brother kind of felt a little bit, you know, down over like my grandfather's passing yeah. and everything. You know, he's a Virgo, so like they're not very expressive about them. So I'm an Aquarius, so it's like I'm yeah. an Aquarius. Hey, cool. No matter. <laughs> that is crazy. I know. That is so, so crazy, but it kind of makes sense now. You think it about does it. make so, perfect so, sense? So we feel like we're like two peas in a pot. <laughs> it is. I know. I'm like I already know this guy for like a long time. <laughs> Many lifetimes ago. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, my brother kind of, I feel like he puts it down on himself. He doesn't really express himself when it comes to stuff like that, which yeah. is like, you know, typical Virgo behavior. Um, but it's just like, you know, because like me and my grandfather were really, really close and everything. You know, I wasn't, you know, I was just, especially with my issues there, I'd always like hang out with my grandfather, around my grandfather a lot, you know, because he was like, you know, like, they were from Liberia. So it's like, you know, being around with your elders, to me, that means a little bit more to me, especially I'm the first grandchild. So it's like, they're my connection to back home without being yeah. back home. So it's like, you know, it's just like being around him, they really taught me a whole lot. I even did an episode with him, too, if you want to scroll through it. I will. If you want to check out the episode before we really start getting into things. Actually, you know what? I probably won't check it out. Okay, yeah, better not to do so. It's better that I know less. Okay, better that she yeah. know less. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, do it. But check out other episodes, too. There's other pretty good episodes. Yeah, I think I did start um, listening to one, and I definitely have read it, and I thought, God, this is really amazing that 
you're just really even because I think next door is a good platform to find yeah. different people because yeah, you're just I mean these are people in just the community but like yeah. Facebook is like your friends yeah. friends of friends things yeah, like that yeah. and so you're being way more open uh-huh, yeah and then you meet all types of new people like I just met you I would have never like met you like probably just going to Walgreens or something we probably like, walk past each other oh yeah hello and then it's like yeah like, whatever. I mean because yeah uh-huh. and then like, now you might be a medium that actually like they actually get in contact with my grandfather that passed back on Mother's Day this year. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, that could really, you know, this year's been really, really tough. It would be cool to have just a little bit of closure, you know, I feel like. Yeah. I would agree. And that's, it should be very healing. Mm-hmm. And that's the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You hear that? The Mental Thugs podcast fam, healing. Got to seek out for all the healing. Okay. We pretty much spoke about everything. Is there anything you want to go off on before you bounce? No, but thank you so much. This has been really wonderful talking to you. Okay, wonderful. I'm glad I give that, you know, energy off and everything. I don't want to give, like, bad energy and everything uh, and stuff of that nature. No. So it's, like, definitely <laughs> no. good to know that my energy is pretty uh, positive on that end. Okay, that's it for the Mental Threats Podcast, episode 128. We're sewn in, and now we're sewing out. All right.